going to get today here on streaming consciousness is me reading uh, an ebook in its entirety it's called a treatise on the mercurial word it was written by C.R. Tennant Uh, a little bit of insider information Uh, C.R. Tennant is actually Holly C.R. Tennant that's her pseudonym you can purchase this ebook at the open lines radio store there's a link at www.artbellisdead.com. It's only five bucks. It's cheaper than an extra value meal at McDonald's. And you can read it for yourself again and again. But what you're about to get right here is me reading it for free. You can't buy this shit on Audible. It's only available right here on Open Lines Radio. Um, I hope you like it. <laughs> <laughs> 
A Treatise on the Mercurial Word by C. R. Tennant Forward From the moment I laid eyes upon C. R. Tennant's A Treatise on the Mercurial Word, I instantly sensed the importance of the words I was reading. This piece of literature speaks to the higher purpose and potential of words like nothing I have ever read before, and I am honored to be able to share it with the world. Tennant's interpretation of multiple channelings, from who Tennant refers to as the elders, speaks to the significance and importance of words. We live in a world where words are taken for granted. Most of us don't even realize it, but the terms and conditions for all major social media sites force us to relinquish control of our words to corporations. It is imperative that we keep our words sovereign. A treatise on the mercurial word offers a beautiful understanding of how words can be used for expression, salvation, and consumption. It should be recommended reading for everyone interested in forging forward into the new frontier of the digital realm, as well as those interested in preserving the heritage and wisdom of those who came before us. February 2016th, Mark Hammerschmidt, Hobo Safe Camp. The Origin of the Word As predicted by our elders in earlier works and various degrees and orders, the great time is upon us where thoughts and ideas are alive and visible. The masters, who have now ascended, hoped that the technological breakthroughs of the future would seek to purify the sanctity of the creative word by abolishing the general outlets for blatant hypocrisies and marketable flatteries. They obviously could not predict the viral exponential rate and sheer volume of corruptible word that was not available to the common person. There is no reason to label, divide, or devise the various factions, groups, fraternities, organizations, or orders being referred to here, as the masterful works and treaties of the collective minds of our elders all sought and re were rewarded with the same truth. When we speak of this objective consciousness, we speak of the perceptions we receive through our various senses and mediums. This objective consciousness works as a reflective, ever-condensing body of knowledge that helps us understand how to cognate the physical world. Don't be confused. This consciousness, from which we all lend information to and receive information from, is both objective and now simultaneously subjective. Much like elemental mercury, these words that describe the collective sensory attributes behave like a silvery mirror. Like the planet Mercury, elemental Mercury takes on the qualities of the planets closest to and acting upon it. Consider toxic volatility and reflective sensitivity, two sides of the same caduceus. Enclosed in a beaker, it is a useful and delicate indicator of the slightest pressure change. Unleashed from the vessel, it saturates and pollutes every life form that comes into contact with it. Oh, the incredible properties of Quicksilver! Mercury's favorite nickname. Translated from Latin as living silver or watery silver, Mercury can be a light in an otherwise pervasive darkness. When broken, it rolls into pearlescent beads that reflect all it sees in miniature, still containing the whole. In earlier forms of perception, thinking of a color would produce a diluted and hazy, loose interpretation of that color in the mind's eye. Now, we are rapidly evolving beyond this with the instant availability of comparable interpretations of that color, which aid to sharpen that perception and note the subtle nuances and changes. The ever-sharpening quality and enhancements of digital photography is a perfect example of this.
and advancements in general communication between groups of people that would have never been possible previously are quickly shifting the objective consciousness to trend-like behaviors. Intellectual communities among the masses can crop up in an instant and become burgeoning new discoveries within an hour. The ability to partake in each other's worldview through, the, through several sensory modes is truly a blessing in this great time of nearly infinite potential. As the technology that allows us to communicate as fellow humans rapidly evolves, an unprecedented shift is occurring. The realm of possibility within the creative word expands as connections multiply rapidly within newly created networks. Simultaneously, this expansion is taking place on a seemingly ever-shrinking physical microcosm of miniature screens within screens, and big ideas are delivered in 140 characters or less. This gift now occurs in a precious time with precious potential as we build new digital dimensions that will house our future development as a species and divine life forms. As we become increasingly freer to explore the new world that appears before our eyes, we draw away from each other in ways that make us most human. We are connected as a race like never before, but we have also never felt more alone as we put much of our physical energy into our devices. In most of our former manifestations, our words were considered not only powerful, but sacred. Religious scripture and epic tales handed down through generations have been compiled into enormous volumes of carefully chosen words, which were often recorded in sheer labor and tedium with great intent. Many of them may seem repetitive, perhaps, because the curators wanted to ensure that the context would translate into its purest form possible. To participate in the new alchemy, we must discover new ways to convey our ideas and ideals in smaller and smaller spaces using fewer and fewer words. It is important to consider that our words, both spoken and written forms, are mercurial in every sense and therefore just as sacred as they always were, albeit easier for anyone and everyone to disseminate these ideas to the masses. Within this runs the inherent risk of manipulations that take place with ease and are easy, easily hidden beneath a cloak of general ambivalence. It is easy to twist the original ideas of any great spiritual working when snippets and phrases are cherry-picked and used out of context. This technique is often used in New Age deception practices, which use short visual memes to convey only small pieces of an original statement. This is then used as a device in the form of an affirmation of questionable and usually selfishly motivated behaviors. This then allows that person to continue such behavior with a minimized sense of guilt, therefore rendering him or her uninterested in challenging the status quo that milks them of their life force as they continually and predictably consume the indulgences marketed to them. Examples of these misconceptions are exercises that constantly redirect one's attentions to selfish desires or introverted attention that works to completely disengage somebody from participating in social and civil life or even basic human relationships. This practice keeps sensitive people quietly suffering without dissenting vocally to the injustices taking place right in front of them. They are then manipulated into identifying as their pain and conditioned to believe they can only love themselves through that pain, negating the will to change or even hope for the betterment of humankind beyond individual fulfillment and individual death. The Value of the Word 
we are currently completely inundated with words in both the written and spoken form. They practically blanket everything in our material existence. Yet certain voices of authority would have us believe that our words bear no weight. But the weight of any word comes from its root thought in the form of intent. This is where we need to start the environmental cleanup of our minds, as well as Earth Mother Gaia. Just as elemental mercury in toxic levels causes brain damage and major disruptions to the nervous system, it can damage the collective consciousness and empathy that flows between all things. It must be a conduit and not a membrane, or we lose our connection in perceiving the whole. Mercury is the most powerful messenger, but Mercury isn't responsible for the message. We are. The intent behind our messages directs the divine messenger to his or her points of delivery and the desired contact. The disembodied voice of the creative word cannot travel without a vehicle. What a gift of evolution is the perfect larynx to form the divine vibrations that bring things imagined into manifestation. What potential to serve the glory of the greatest utopia possible to conceive. With Mercury's ability to travel the shortest route from on high to below by way of the middle path, we must work to purify what our emanations are truly capable of in the names of both creation and destruction. Just as we can create destructive things, we can destroy creative things with a simple false context merely implied. As stated in the greater workings of the first alchemist, Hermes Trismegistus, life is considered the confluence of two things, word and mind. He attempts to explain the incorporeal luminosity as the only real thing, as all other things are simply shadows passing before it. We are the beholders of this phenomenal magic. Through the electric impulses of divine light, we begin to recognize ourselves manifested in all things. We begin to empathetically connect with stored memories of our fellow humans. Our cells begin to sympathetically acknowledge the collective experiences and set their evolutionary settings to novelty in their never-ending quest to outsmart entropy. As these miracles are witnessed, our struggles become understood as steps to purification, and we are released from their holds, becoming lighter. We are allowed to witness the dance within the dance, the spirals within the spirals. These are the benefits of true illumination. We sing the world into being. The Logos is always present, like the river that ties all people together. Regardless of fluency or native language, tuning in to the true Logos will always yield the same impressions of meaning on the mind. The concepts of these impressions are universal and always evolving. This cosmic reasoning of Logos governs the interpreted meanings of every emanation. Now that the world is seemingly fully saturated with words, we must perform our alchemy in evolutionary ways, as the purity is rapidly polluted and diluted under an all-pervasive deluge of duplicitous meanings, most of them with the objective to program you blindly to consume. Those who harness your life force to meet their own ends aren't likely to point out the key to your jail cell. But the key is here. The information, recollections, and experiences of generations upon generations upon generations are all available to you. It is up to you to do the detective work for your own life and soul. Willful ignorance at this juncture is a profound sin inflicted upon you by your own self. Trace the sources and follow to the root of origin all that you would invest your precious life energies into. 
Whether you are an adept or initiate, you understand by now that if you want to manifest miracles and create magic, there must be a sacrifice involved. We already sacrifice every day, but most of us waste the chance to cognate mindfully what is really happening. The things we sacrifice are still placed upon altars, however, our sense of choice in most of these matters is negated, and the masters of media choose the altar for us through broad-spectrum controls. If you are a working member of the economy, you are expected to sacrifice your precious time and various facets of full human potential to your employer. That sacrifice goes on the altar of their choosing, and your will is co-opted. The illusion is thrust upon you that sacrificing the suggested values of your time and potential on the altar of money will bear positive results and flow back to you in even greater values. Ask yourself how often this has been proven true to yourself in your dealings. Placing your humanity and magic on the altar of money is a false promise. It's a false promise of the worst kind, and one that will carry some of us right up until the very moment of death, where it will finally be unmasked as its true and horrible intentions to milk us of our vital forces, if not kill us, and slowly eat us. Of course, I'm not so naive as to think that this kind of interaction can be avoided entirely, but if you begin to cognate and set forth your intentions in sanctity and purity before giving anything of yourself up upon the altar of others, that alone will begin to redirect the power of your time back to you and negate what others may be hoping to capture and take for their own. When it comes to your vital energies, nothing could be more powerful than your words. The lords of chaos know this. They know the value of your word. We must be wary of seemingly well-meaning technologies that seek to connect us, but also force us to agree to terms and conditions that are impossible to read, understand, or argue against. They will often dupe us into opting into marketing lists and databases that they want to literally own our words and therefore our thoughts, and can then use them for their own justifications, with or without our consent. Illuminated ones, what I am trying to demonstrate to you is the value of your words. We are all alchemists making experiments and breeding new life in the forms of ideas and art. Choose both your words and intentions ever so carefully as we construct and explore the new dimension that is opening right in front of us. We are all the new programmers of this new objective consciousness, which will manifest for the coming generations. Don't give up your power in the name of ignorance. If you are going to give up your beautiful emanations, be mindful to sacrifice what is precious to you on the altar of universal truths. On the bloody altar of money sits a bull so engorged that fat rolls cover its eyes. The weight of his own fleshy ears seal them against his head, and he is rendered deaf to the cries of those who need sustenance and shelter. Conversely, on the altar of truth, there are a few dried roses and infinite space for more to be planted to eventually climb up to the heavens of our inevitable ascension. In the coming days, the deluge of words that will only grow stronger as the lords of chaos seek to convince us that we are each just meaningless voices in an endless sea of similar incarnations, and that our words are now rendered valueless, or worth a mere pittance by the viewpoint of market saturation. They will try to drown out our unique sparks of human experience and sell it back to us in an hyperbolic media story without crediting the pain required to endure to receive the lesson. 
As we move forward, we will begin to see the omnipotent eye of surveillance on all of our creative emanations. In this time of full literary liberties and disclosures, I urge you to return to the ancient wisdom of keeping your book of shadows just that, in the shadows, secret and safe. Not everything that we emanate or write bears value to all. Some of the more sacred truths and mystery must remain hidden in their protective vaults for risk of instant exploitation. What most people fail to realize is the occult potential of the various social media platforms. It is an open dimension being built layer upon layer. You can move beyond a simple glamour, although that is the most common form of magic that most can participate in on social media. We are able to clone flat versions of ourselves. No longer is there even another person required to be in the room to take or witness a photograph. And we can add content, true or not, to make our lives appear however we want. We can imply lives that don't come close to resembling our own to inspire varying degrees of emotion from our friends and peers. Marketers already realize and harness these potentials to manipulate their messages. The various companies that own the most popular social media platforms at the moment have already put forth disclosures that our content becomes theirs forever to do with whatever they like. Younger people should be especially mindful of this. In a time where we are more connected than ever, we rarely actively listen to anyone. When someone speaks out in an emotional state, it is absolutely crucial that they are listened to by another human being. When they are ignored in the physical family world, they may take it to social media in an attempt to be heard. This can be both dangerous and helpful. Someone may immediately respond with empathy and a like-minded story or connection, or someone may see it as a weakness to exploit in the form of bullying. Even more sinister is a lurking element of those looking to steal another's pain, embarrassing, or even cathartic and beautiful personal stories to sell to other forms of media to be consumed like any other product. The elders refer to them as pain eaters. Don't be misled. They aren't interested in benevolently removing pain from you and your consciousness as a gift, rather as a commodity that they can grift from you through the semblance of genuine concern. By concealing our light and protecting our words, the elders do not wish to alienate us from the communities that are forming on these various platforms and networks of media. Rather, they wish to bring what may be hidden from view to the forefront of our knowledge so that we can be fully aware in our own discernments. The new schools of thought are full of memes and snippets, assuring and affirming that all that is really necessary to remain on the right path is simply to love ourselves and visualize what we want. While self-love is very important and is the foundation of true self-knowledge, we must not forgo taking into consideration the goals and intentions of others. These concepts of self-love can be extremely alluring in their simplicity, but are passive attempts at actual problem-solving for the greater social good. In these newer philosophies, care and genuine concern for the whole of humanity, or even a unit as small as the family, are put under the omnipotent desire of the self. This is a microcosm event, reflecting some of the larger occult rituals that we see in our country's leaders in politics and business perform on the grand scale. Don't cremate your care, illuminated children. Your care and concern is what leads to your empathetic gifts. This is why your generation is the healing crystal of light in a new world based on confluence of light and love. 
the only true products of the sublimated and perfected human. On the other side of this, we should not concern ourselves only with the world's struggle and obsess about righting every slight. This will only lead to depression, which beautiful lightworkers are already susceptible to. Rather, the elders recommend focusing our vibration on that higher resonance and realize that even within that vibration, not everything can be known nor every path correctable. Guilt in this sphere is a trap and is so often employed in our world that it seems to be an inherent trait, when in fact it is imposed upon us through dogmatic belief structures. Our words share so many qualities of magical mercury. They can shine like a mirror, act as a deadly poison, or provide helpful medicine. Mercury is dense and seemingly incomprehensible liquid that acts as a conduit of electricity but is a metal as iron or copper. We can heal or hurt with our words, we can begin to make solid manifestations only when they come through the genesis of the Logos. In the new and upcoming digital realms, our words will have to be more powerful than ever to cross barriers and reach broad spectrums of readers. The elders warn that the powers that be, or the proverbial omnipotent they, have already sensed what the rapid expanse of sharing ideas might do to upset the current balance of power. The differing worldviews and imposed ideals based upon our various geographical and cultural locations are what has divided us into manageable groups since civilized society began. How easily a fear of certain culture dissipates when we are able to share with each other. In their own words, when we are uncoached in our understanding of what their life is like. In this case, the power moves beyond the written word and into the spoken word, and oftentimes delivered in new technologies with a video that allows us to take us all in with a multi-sensory approach. The elders warn that a deluge is coming. The omnipotent day must find a way to dull and strip these powers from the common person to maintain control that they have based on divisive properties. They will inundate as many platforms as possible with words so that all words themselves become less powerful. The elders warn that they will hone in specifically on those words and workings that mean to heal people and bring people together. In the new realms, it is easy to attack the emotionally vulnerable and sensitive. They will take aim at the healers who seek to free people and substitute a corporate motivational placebo in its place to dull our sensitivities with a bit of feel-good spirituality that distracts us. It is a natural response to the loss of power that mass media has felt as we are now able to make more informed decisions on what we purchase and what we give to charitably, not to mention the amazing general research we can all have to power to undertake in searching the vast internet libraries of information. The elders whisper that great changes are coming to the present concepts of publication, copywriting, and plagiarism. The omnipotent they may play into our guilt and convince us to give up all of our words and workings for the whole of humanity in the name of informational freedom, but rest assured this is a trick. There always has been, and always will be, a financial market for human insight and the written word. We must also teach our children the importance of words and their uses. The new dimensions are full of virtual back alleys where maliciousness can manifest, online bullying can kill, recruitment to manipulative organizations and groups can easily cloak themselves to reach the vulnerable and innocent. Share with them the magical qualities that their words have 
to both make and break connections with the people in their lives and how to discern wisely. The Beauty of the Word The soul of the poet is the most pure expression of divinity. A poem shared has as much power and is synonymous with the most devout prayer. The poet is allowed out of the bounds of what the physical body may experience and interpret. The poet lives on the cusp of all future possibilities and all misconstrued doctrines of the past. The poet is allowed great license to rework any previous workings and change its shape, magnify its meaning, and sing its song. The magnified consciousness of the poet is sacred, as it carries the natural empathetic abilities to step into the condition of living as anything else. Those who write seem to retain some kind of spiritual memory that differs from the memory of material existence. While the spark of inspiration is triggered by an outside force, the product and fruit of that inspiration can only come from within. To those who read this, you have the ability to shift your perceptional vibration and let in the flood of your knowing manifested in the Word. It is a choice you can make to open yourself as a vessel for this divine knowledge to enter and to work through. For some, it will be a private, internal dialogue that may never be written or shared with anyone. For others, it will seemingly beg to be shared. While no human may ever know what another human knows, the ability to share intent with fellow beings is facilitated by the word. It is the frequency that, in the same way quicksilver is a conduit for electrical energy exchange. In earlier times, we were taught to believe that only some people were worthy or able to speak on behalf of the divine. Again, this is simply another control mechanism. We are all Mercury the message. We all have the ability to tune into that frequency of the Holy Logos. It is, however, important that when we translate from this place, that we do so with awareness of what we are manifesting. Charge your words with intention, and they will have life. For some people, this awareness takes place more consciously than others. This is a principle of the novelty of knowledge that keeps the water of the Logos fountain fresh and clean even after being cycled indefinitely. A curious thing happens when we begin to manifest our words from this place of knowing. For some, our words may become the source of attraction. For others, singing the song of truth may bring about several negative forms of reaction in others. Use your discerning judgment, divine poets. Keep yourself and the sacred safe until you find a trusted ally. The day of the great unmasking has been foretold in many religious cultures. That day, in the physical sense, has arrived. The ability for everything we post on the internet to be saved, archived, and searched can make our secret writings available to both our success and our detriment, depending on the intent of the person who sees them. The Hopi and the Rosicrucian both saw a day when the deeper hidden truths would be given in plain sight and access granted to those considered the innocents, the uninitiated, and the nescient. The crystal consciousness manifesting in awakening humans is that uninitiated natural gnosis. Although the internet holds vast amounts of knowledge that would have previously been hidden and made completely inaccessible, they are unaware of its transformative powers. Be mindful of those who would name themselves your teachers, but prevent you from seeing your own capabilities to teach. 
the current crystal consciousness has broken free of the antiquated model of masculine and feminine duality. Although the duality still exists as the primordial precursor for both humans and all of nature, the crystal consciousness now perceives a congruence of multiplicity and novelty where duality once stood. These shifts in communication allow our peers to be every bit as good a teacher as someone who has studied all the religious doctrines they could get their hands on. Your word is still your sovereign and your boon. Do not take it for granted or downplay its power. Use your words as the divine intended. Learn, teach, unify, transcend, and live immortally. seven billion forty six million people on the planet and most of us have the audacity to think we matter hey you hear the one about the comedian who croaked someone stabbed him in the heart just a little poke but he keeled over because he went into battle wearing chainmail made of jokes hey you hear the one about the screenwriter who passed away he was giving elevator pitches and the elevator got stuck halfway he ended up eating smushed sandwiches they pushed through crack in the door and repeating the same crappy screenplay idea about talking dogs till his last day hey you hear the one about the fisherman who passed he didn't jump off that ledge, he just stepped out into the air and pulled the ground up towards him really fast Like he was pitching a line and went fishing for concrete The earth is a drum and he's hitting it on beat The reason there's smog in Los Angeles is because if we could see the stars If we could see the context of the universe in which we exist And we could see how small each one of us is Against the vastness of what we don't know No one would ever audition for a McDonald's commercial again And then where would we be? No frozen dinners and no TV, and is that a world we want to text in? Either someone just microwaved popcorn, or I hear the sound of a thousand people pulling the heads out of their asses in rapid succession. The people are hunched over in Boston. They're starting app stores and screen printing companies in San Francisco. They're grinning in Los Angeles like they got fish hooks in the corners of their mouth. But don't paint me like the good guy, because every time I write, I get to choose the angle that you view me and select the nicest light. You wouldn't respect me if you heard the typewriter chatter tap tap tapping through my mind at night. The same stupid tape loop of old sitcom dialogue and tattered memories of a girl I got to grind on in high school, filed carefully on rice paper. My heart is a colored pencil, but my brain is an eraser. Sir, I don't want a real girl, I want a tracer from a catalog. Truth be told, I'm unlikely to hold you down. Cause my soul is a crowded subway train and people keep deciding to get on the next one that rolls through town. I'm joining a false movement in San Francisco. I'm frowning and hunched over in Boston. I'm smiling in Los Angeles like I got fish hooks in the corners of my mouth and I'm celebrating on weekends. Because there's 7 billion, 47 million people on the planet and I have the audacity to think I matter. I know it's a lie, but I prefer it to the alternative because I got a tourniquet tied at my elbow. I got a blunt rep filled with compliments and I'm burning it. You say go to sleep, but I've been bouncing up my bedroom wall since I was hecka small. Where every Every agent once and tucked inside ourselves like Russian nesting dolls. My mother is an eight-year-old girl. My grandson is a 74-year-old retiree whose kidneys just failed. And that's the glue between me and you. That's the screws and nails. We live in a house made of each other. And if that sounds strange, that's because it is. Someone please freeze Tom so I can run around turning everyone's pockets inside out. And remember, you didn't see shit. <laughs>